I'm a little bit fact, but mostly fiction. I'm your operator, here to facilitate these calls that call you. Now, as your ambassador of the exchange, your diplomat to discourse, it is my distinct pleasure to bid you welcome to the Toll Switch. Season's greetings, ladies and listeners. You're in at the switch. With the ghouls of All Hallows gone and the autumn breeze growing colder with the passing of each pilgrim's prayer, Christmas time arrives in New York City. Oh, the bustle how it bustles and the bells how they ring, while a glad tidings kind of call comes through for you here at the switch. For some, the Christmas season is a time for reflection. For some, a time of faith, and sadly, for some, a time of tremendous struggle. In the case of our friends on the line tonight, well, it's all those things and a bowl of ribbon candy. Guy has just lost his job, and his wife Hattie is about to lose her patience when he calls with some very sudden and very far-fetched news about a promising prospect. Guy boasts a tale on the telephone that bears all the realism of Marley's chains. But the wonderful thing about Christmas is that for both the young and the old as well, it offers surprise. And for Hattie, believing in Guy is her best bet, because as long as she has known him, as long as she has loved him, he has always been good for a surprise. So allow us to make merry like as I patch you into Guy and Hattie for tonight's call. Connecting. One moment, please. Hattie, darling? Guy, dear, where are you? Uh, on tent over by Charlie's. Is this a good time? Where are the kids? Yeah, it's fine. They're glued to the set. What's with the sudden call? Huh? You got news? Well? Guy, whatever it is, it'll be all right. Okay? I love you. The kids love you. We'll be okay one way or the other. All right? I want you to know that, dear. I need you to know that. I do know that. Well, then? I just want to preface this by saying I had two eggnogs. Only two. And you know, how do you know I can handle my eggnog? I've always been able to do that. Never been a holiday, I've been so much as snooking on them. Guy, what... Hattie? Hattie, what if I told you that we had to move north? Would that be okay? Would it be okay if we moved north? Yeah, sure. It's our family. It's our livelihood. I guess it would have to be okay. How far north are we talking? Uh, far. Again, how far? Like, all the way far. What's all the way? The pole. The pole? The North Pole? Yep, the very one. Guy. 
You know, I know how much this holiday means to you. And I know how much you enjoy making up these fantastic Yuletide stories for the children. All right, but this is serious. Come on, I really thought you had a job. The relief I felt when I thought this was no longer going to be... I do have a job. I do. I know what a tough time it's been. I wouldn't joke about this. And I wouldn't go telling no fantastic Yuletide stories about it either. You have a job at the North Pole... That's the short of it, yes. What's the long of it? Hmm? What? What is it? What? You're in cahoots with Santa Claus? We are not in cahoots. We are partners in presence. And that's what Santa says. Okay. All right, so uh, this is Santa Claus you're going to be working for, huh? It is. Okay, and you're aware that there's no such thing as Santa Claus, right? Yes, I mean, no. I mean, I was aware there was no such thing until I became aware that there was a such thing. As Santa Claus. Correct. Santa Claus, Kris Kringle, St. Nicholas, Father Christmas, my future employer and partner in presence. Oh, boy, this is, this is rich. It is. Yeah, as rich as that eggnog. It's not the nog. I told you it's not the nog, Hattie. If anything, I'm quite simply drunk on... Happenstance. So, where did this happenstance happen? That's why I love you, Hattie. You are as open-minded as you are beautiful. Oh, thank you, dear. Where? Okay. I stopped down Charlie's Cigars after a few dead-end meetings. I was feeling pretty low and about my current status as an unemployed, but I figured it would do me no good to dwell. No good at all. So I decided I could either hang my head reduced to failure, or I could reward myself for an afternoon's effort with a bit of Charlie's finest blend of backy. The, the expensive stuff. Yes, but before you but go... But we can't afford the expensive stuff. Hattie, would you please? There's more to this than pipe tobacco. <sighs> okay. So, the boys were dealing that chatter, talking up everything from Ike to the Yankees to the trials and tribulations of the holiday times, all the while huffing and puffing away. And in walks this man. And I see him out of the corner of my eye. So there I am, one ear to the conversation, and one eye on the guy. Did the guy be in Santa Claus? Are we calling him that yet? For matters of specificity, sure. Let's get right to calling him Santa. Okay, I'm with you. So... One of these fellows says how he hates the damn holidays. Now, he's got on a fancy suit, smoking his fancy cigar, and he's talking like some kind of ingrate. And here's the worst of it all. Damned if the others don't fall right in line with this joker. Airing it all out right there. Saying that they wish there was no Christmas. And Santa's hearing. He minds his business. But he's at the counter, and he's rifling through his pockets in a panic. Now, it became more apparent to me that Santa has not a cent on him in a bag of the counter to buy. Oh, Charlie's a well-meaning guy, but, you know, he's not too big on charity. So Santa would seem to be out of luck. It is just not a good day for Santa, huh? We've got to stand in indifference as folks knock his livelihood and not even so much as a bag of tobacco to show for it. For all that these fellas spoke in resentment of the holidays, it only made me sit and consider all I loved about them. Job or no job. So I approached the man, and wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't I know what? He had a bag on the counter of the same tobacco I just purchased. I greeted him with a good day, and he good-dayed me right back. Well, what did he look like? 
What, what, did his eyes twinkle? Was his mouth drawn up like a bow? No, nothing like that. Well, then like what? Well, Hattie, he... He had quite dark skin. He was black? It was like... He was everything. Every ethnicity under the sun. I cannot begin to find the words to explain it. That's not how I imagined him. Well, you imagined that he didn't exist at all. So what kind of authority does that make you? All right, so what did you say to Santa? Well, at this point, I did not know he was Santa, remember? What I knew was he was a man that could use a bit of generosity. So, though I could not afford to buy him the tobacco, I offered him a pipe full of mine. And he accepted? He did. And we sat. And we talked. I asked him what he did for a living, to which he told me... Manufacturing. Yes. I told him how I was out of work, but it wasn't going to keep me down. I proudly expounded that I had four interviews today and four more tomorrow. And then, obviously, I went on to give him an earful about our holiday hating compadres sitting off in the distance. Yeah, and I bet he gave it right back, huh? No, he didn't. He didn't at all. He said he could hardly blame them. He said the hardest thing in life sometimes is finding the will to believe. And Christmas, well, Christmas is just that. Believing. What, believing in Santa Claus? No, Hattie. Believing in love, in generosity, believing in good. Yeah. Yeah, well, Christmas is that. You bet it is. So please try and believe me. And believe in what I'm telling you as it is the God to honest truth. All right. All right, go ahead. I want to hear more. I do. Okay. So... On we smoked our baccy and on we chatted. Charlie had the radio on and, and the carols and they were mixing all too well with the Cavendish Hattie. I was smitten, feeling very nostalgic. So I got to telling him about my favorite Christmas ever. Yeah, well, it's such a sweet story. I always love hearing it. Yeah, but as I started to tell the story, I got not one inch of the way into it when he began to tell it to me. Bobby's broken truck, the snowfall at noon, finding the two extra packages for me behind the tree when we got back from church. He said he made a special trip back with them because of the generosity I showed to my little brother giving him my truck so he'd be happy. So I asked, special trip? And he smiles. And I knew, and he knew, I knew, and we smiled together. Is this true? Every word of it. He knew it all. That and so many other Christmas memories of mine. He knew them, but more importantly, he knew how much I always loved the holiday with all that I am. And he said there could be no better person by his side to assist him through the season. God, why, it's like he's been vetting you since childhood. He has, he really has. It's my calling, Hattie. A call to be a partner in presence? You're talking to him. I gotta stop by going over his books and such, making sure the work is done in a timely and economic fashion. Not far off what I did at the plant. Guy, whatever this was, whatever this is, I'm on board. Okay, so here's the deal. I'll be home as fast as I can get there. You need to go and get the kids ready. Prime away from the box somehow. We leave tonight. Guy, come on, we couldn't possibly. There's so much to do. Look, I have to pack, I have to call the- Patty. We'll have help. Plenty of it. Yes, but... You need not fret, darling. Guy? Yes, Hattie? Guy, I'm surrounded by elves. Oh, my goodness. There's so many of them. 
This is Kessner. I'm Tyke. Where do we start, ma'am? With the china cabinet, I guess. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Candy cane? Yes, please. Thank you. Oh my god, that's delicious. That That's the best candy cane I've ever had. <laughs> that's really good. I'll see you soon. And Hattie. Merry Christmas, darling. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is that. Hey, thanks for being present, partner. Throughout the calendar year, we struggle with what we have to live through, what we have to live up to. The hardest thing in life is finding the will to believe. So Santa said, and so I shall second. Though believe we must, for we know the price of our pragmatism can often be darkness. And alas, she arrives, right on time, akin to angel heard on high, to inspire a needful breath. A woman whose surname is near synonymous with the season. She sings to us all in a heartfelt defiance of that ever-looming darkness. Let your heart be light. From now on our troubles will be out of sight. Hope she hoped, and hope she sang. Outside. St. Patrick's bells ring out for that very same hope. The skyline smiles among stars at abstracted summit. My city, our city, New York City, is one that forges through the calendar almost for the sole purpose of welcoming Christmas. A time when the dreams our children dream, from the Bronx to Bowery to Brooklyn, offer more than candy canes and toy airplanes. They offer purpose. It's a time of year when we coexist with the mass madness to provide magic for those who need to believe in better. And in turn, we are better. We are whole because we've known charity and what it means to make our angels rejoice as we justify their labor. After all, those angels are a hard-working lot. We owe them that much. And with that, you are off the hook, ladies and listeners. I've decided to forego the usual holiday folly of cheap brandy drunks and misleading mistletoes for the evening. There's a quiet bench south of these parts, one close to a bridge and just around the corner from my childhood home. I go there often around this time. It gives me pause. And often around this time that pause is a welcome one. The sound of Nat King Cole will fall gently from the windows above adding a contrasting warmth to the cold couple of inches predicted to blanket New York City later tonight. And out there on that promenade, there will surely be a gentleman passing by in a brisk evening stroll, briar pipe billowing ribbons of holy incense, perfuming the air with that magical blend of Cavendish, a scent that shall make me think of Guy, of his unexpected exchange with Santa. And it will make me think of my granddad, whom I loved so well and miss so much, and how he would stop and visit me on his way back from the tobacconist, teeming with hugs and delicious hard candies. The hours spent on those visits were all I felt I could ever possibly need in the world. The words good night were always dreaded, but sadly inevitable, 
as our glorious visits would come to close. And just before sending me off to my slumber, he would say to me in a voice you could feel just as easily as you could hear, "Pop Pop's only wish for Christmas is that though your body is sure to grow and get older, may your spirit never know a moment pass now." So, good night to Pop Pop, and good night to you, ladies and listeners. Keep your spirits young, stay faithful, and have yourself. A merry little Christmas. You may not know it, but you deserve it, and I wish that for you and so much more. This is your operator, disconnecting. Good night. Thank you for listening. This has been a Toll Switch Studios original podcast production. Partners in Presence stars Whitney Hudson as the operator, Johnny Tamaro as Guy, Jolie Trebuzio as Hattie, and introducing Trent Ermes as Tyke the Elf. This episode was written, directed, and produced by Thomas Justino, and executive produced by Mike Harry. Editing by Jules Maines. Sound recording by Mike Kelly. Mix by Michael Keir, and original music composed, arranged, and produced by Anand Sandara. And I'm Noah Vanderveer Harris. All of us at Toll Switch want to wish all of you listening happiness, health, and a very merry Christmas. This is Toll Switch Studios, signing off.